As we continue to wait for the Boston Bruins to return to action, let's talk about the evolution of Jacobs Borrell, as well as answer a couple mailbag questions today on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, November 17th. I have the house all to myself. I've got a fresh Starbucks coffee and ready to talk about the black and gold. Before we get into that, I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Ruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms. So if you're an Apple user or if you're like me and have an Android, uh, whatever podcast app you use, search up Locked On Boston Ruins. Smash that subscribe button, but not too hard or else you'll hear from the Department of Podcast Safety. And each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on social media, the podcast is Locked NHL Bruins on both uh, Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at ENC McLaren. Uh, I should also mention the podcast is available on YouTube. <laughs> Excuse me. So you can subscribe there as well. Uh, each new video posted every day, as well as some bonus content on the weekends that you won't get in your podcast feed and also some weeknights after a uh, game. So yeah, if you want to get some bonus content over there, subscribe to Locked On Bruins on YouTube. So the Bruins, uh, yeah, just hitting the practice ice this week as they get ready for uh, their next games coming up this weekend. They'll be playing the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday in Philly, then back home to face the Calgary Flames on Sunday. Uh, speaking of the Flyers, uh, Kevin Hayes scored in his first game of the season last night and, uh, you know, pointed to the skies in tribute to his brother, Jimmy. Uh, he said he's going to give the puck to Jimmy's son, which is uh, very cool to see. So, yeah, what a moment and a lot of feels on that one for sure. Now, a big talking point yesterday or over the last couple of days has been the play of Jakobs Borrell. Uh, he played over the weekend, looked very good. He, of course, was drafted 13th overall at the 2015 NHL entry draft, the first of three straight picks by the Bruins that year. It's been much discussed, much maligned, uh, that whole process. You know, the Bruins seem to have hit on Jake DeBrusque, but jury's still out on Zborrell. Sinitian doesn't look like he's ever going to crack the NHL. And, and even Cam Neely, uh, you know, this past summer looked at that draft and said they probably would have done things differently uh, if they could go back and change things. As for Zborrell, it's taken him a while, but like I said, he looked very good over the weekend, and it seems as though he is kind of forcing Bruce Cassidy to keep him in the lineup. Uh, he said part of his evolution 
was the decision to delete Twitter and Instagram from his phone. Uh, you know, he was uh, very young when he was picked, still a teenager. He said he would look at Twitter, Instagram to interact with friends and teammates, keep up with news of the day. But uh, he said it was especially hard the year after the draft getting roasted every single day. The negativity forced him to delete Twitter and Instagram from his phone. Uh, he kept his Facebook account as a way to keep in touch with friends and family back home and maintain a social presence and an even in a more controlled and insulated environment. Uh, now, several years removed from that decision, he says it helped him both on and off the ice. He said he's over it now. He feels like he's really cleared his headspace, more focused on what he should do and not focused on all the tweets about him. It's a good reminder that, you know, these kids, they're kids when they're selected. Um, he was, you know, 18, going on 19 at that time. Uh, he did not select himself. Uh, these kids, you know, they're called reaches at the draft. Um, they didn't make that decision on their own. They have a dream of playing in the NHL. And if there's any criticism that should be heaped on anyone, uh, it should be uh, management, scouting, etc. cetera. Uh, Jacobs Boro just wanted to play in the NHL and um, didn't need to see all these tweets about him being a bust and whatnot. Uh, he's now in his second full season with the big club. He's aiming to become a permanent piece of the back end after a bit of a rocky second half last season, which included two concussions and uh, being scratched in the playoffs. He was left without a spot heading into this season after the acquisition and re-signing of Mike Riley, the signing of Derek Forbort. Uh, but he has found himself in the lineup because Bruce Cassidy has been unhappy with Riley's game. He was quite pleased with what he saw over the weekend. Cassidy said he has good vision. He can see the ice. He's got a good shot. I don't think he has the confidence yet, uh, but I would say, well, that's what Cassidy said. I would say that's developing. I saw him over the weekend make at least a couple of moves in the offensive zone where he gathered the puck at the blue line and dangled his way to the net for an opportunity. Um, but yeah, Cassidy admitted that too. He in Jersey, he makes a move at the ozone blue line. Wouldn't have done that last year. He has that in him, some deception, find the ice and get a shot to the net. If he can keep building on a couple of those plays that manufacture some offense that will help him because he does have some secondary offense he can provide. He's a bigger body. So some of the physicality he's trying to show is a good thing. The Bruins have asked for that. They've lost some players over the years that have brought that. And they need to do it by committee. And he certainly can do that. Worrell um, said his confidence is indeed back up. Starting off after training camp, not playing games, being out there as the seventh defenseman uh, didn't feel good. But it helped him, made him more hungry for the games. And when the games came, he was ready to go. Uh, he admitted, you know, last year he had some trouble. Um, things weren't going his way. It got into his head, uh, felt cautious about his head because of those concussions as well. But now he's feeling really good. And um, yeah, I think he's going to get 
an extended look here. Um, he, you know, after the uh, concussions, he said um, he thought he felt pretty good, but again, he was maybe a bit hesitant to get into battles and uh, that confidence is coming back for sure. Um, that's not to say Mike Riley is out of the lineup permanently, obviously, uh, but they're going to have to decide who's going to come out. Do they want to take out one of the left-hand shots in Grizzlick, Forbort, Zboril, or do they, I think this would be my choice, to take out uh, Clifton, maybe put Zboril on the right side. So we'll see how they approach that here in practice. Uh, getting closer to Saturday's game against Philadelphia. A couple more notes from practice. Uh, Craig Smith, he sat out back-to-back -back weekend games due to a lingering injury, but he skated before practice on Tuesday, didn't join the full group. Cassidy said he suspects he'll be ready for the weekend, uh, and uh, they'll see how things go. Curtis Lazar did take part in a full session after missing Sunday night's game. Uh, Oscar Steen was returned to Providence likely as a, a paper transaction, but uh, they'll see how Lazar and Smith are feeling before the weekend. Um, they don't play till Saturday, so it makes sense for him to get back down. Trent Frederick, he is okay per Cassidy. Wouldn't call him close to going out. There's a few more things he needs to take care of. He has an upper body injury. Who knows exactly what that means, but uh, doesn't seem like he'll be ready for this weekend. Speaking of the weekend, Thanksgiving weekend is coming up. I love Thanksgiving here in Canada. We had it about a month ago. Uh, love the delicious desserts that come with Thanksgiving. Someone with a gluten allergy, I'm not able to have many of the desserts that come on the table. Built Bar is a perfect substitute. Uh, think about it. It's covered in 100% chocolate. Comes in all these delicious flavors that are kind of pie adjacent. One slice of pie has about 300 calories. That's on the low end. Most built bars are about 130 calories with only four grams of sugar and plenty of protein. Uh, again, they're low calorie, low carb, low fat, low sugar, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. So you can get that dessert vibe and uh, not feel bad about it. Built bar is a great option for these family gatherings. You can spread the word to Aunt Bessie, new surprises all month, limited flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. Check the site often. There's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday as well. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all podcast platforms, so please do search it up, subscribe if you haven't already, and also hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well. I put out a call for a couple mailbag questions, and I did receive some, so let's uh, answer those now, shall we? The first one comes from Eric Michael, uh, who asks, I think the Bruins are a solid team, but that they're a true top four defenseman and or second line center away from truly competing for a cup. Do you think they can, will make any major moves this year? 
Always want to get better, but I hesitate to sacrifice top prospects, draft picks, hoping that it puts you over the top. Uh, great observation. Great question. I think with Patrice Bergeron under contract for this season and some uncertainty heading into the future, um, I think you will see Don Sweeney make some sort of swing prior to or at the trade deadline this season. Uh, in the past, he has not hesitated to trade a first-round pick or not necessarily prospects, but guys who are have some upside but don't really seem to have a fit, like a, an Anders Bjork last year, like Danton Heinen, uh, like um, Ryan Donato as well. Will Jack Stanika be that guy this season? It's possible. Will they dangle a first-round pick? Possibly. I do agree that they need uh, both of those things, a, a top-four defenseman and a second-line center. Not to say Charlie Coyle hasn't filled that role well. He's played pretty well so far. He's got eight points through 13 games, five goals, three assists. And, uh, you know, not super strong in the dot. He's losing 53% of the face-offs. But I think he has played pretty well there. Um, I do still think he's better suited as a third-line center. So if the Bruins can acquire a second-line center who has some years ahead of him, uh, like a Thomas Hurdle perhaps, that would make it easier to trade, say, uh, a Jack Stadnika, who doesn't have the look of a second line at center at the moment. So, yeah, I completely agree with you that uh, you always want to get better. I don't think they'll hesitate to sacrifice prospects or picks in the hope that they can make one more run, at least, with Patrice Bergeron as captain again i don't think this is his last season but there's always that possibility and uh we'll see exactly what uh what don sweeney does but i would be surprised if this is the roster that heads into the playoffs obviously there's always injuries that come up as well uh so we'll see if that necessitates a trade but um yeah i totally agree that uh that moves will be made by Don Sweeney prior to the trade deadline. Another question comes from Danny Dester at Dester Jester on Twitter. They ask after the long break and going back to a normal schedule, how do the Bruins balance Swayman and Allmark in the net? With Swayman being as hot as he's been and not wanting to cool him off, but also with Allmark struggling and wanting to get his confidence up. Uh, I know you talked about what what coach Cassidy said, but what do you think over this past weekend? Cassidy decided to roll with Jeremy Swayman in both games. Obviously there's this big five day break. They'll be coming back into a back-to-back -back situation with Calgary and uh, Philadelphia swap those Philly on Saturday, Calgary on Sunday. Will they want to go back to Swayman for both of those games? You know, part of Cassidy's rationale was that he was used to that, those back-to-backs uh, playing in Maine, in college, weekend games. Uh, I would bet that Swayman will get the start on Saturday, 
and then perhaps go back to Allmark on Sunday. But, you know, if Swayman plays well against the Flyers, then uh, perhaps they will go back to to uh, to him for the back-to-back. Bigger picture, though, I think we will see more of an even split between the two goalies. Um, I don't think Swayman is still ready yet to carry like 80% of the load. I think it might be more 60-40. If there's three games a week, maybe for the time being, they'll give Swayman two, Allmark one. But the reality is they have invested uh, four years, $20 million into Allmark, and they need him to to find a rhythm to get going at some point. And uh, I think they will indeed turn back to him at some point. Uh, But having said that, they also need – points they need to make up some games here in the standings they need to solidify their place in the eastern conference um so it's going to be a real balancing act but i think ultimately they will need to uh get Allmark into a rhythm and uh help him find his game uh, hopefully not at the expense of points in the standings and then of course there's the whole tukarask question lingering in the background whether or not he can come back, uh, and if Swayman, you know, is, is sent to the AHL in that case. But, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much how it'll be kind of a more of an even split. Um, and, you know, the Bruins needed to head into this break on a strong note. They did so uh, with the back-to-back wins. And I would think that it will be a split on the weekend, but, again, uh, that's all up to uh, head coach Bruce Cassidy. Before we get to some news and notes from the NHL, quick word about Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of basketball and hockey with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's your number one spot for all things football as well this season. Again, head to their new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and you don't want to wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have for the 2021-22 season. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, there was a bit of a bombshell dropped yesterday in the sports business news sphere, and that is Fenway Sports Group is in advanced talks to purchase the Pittsburgh Penguins. They, of course, are the owners of the Boston Red Sox. They own Fenway Park, as well as Liverpool FC. The cost of the sale could be around $850 million. Uh, Mario Lemieux would maintain a small stake in the team and continue to have a say in hockey matters. Uh, the move would presumably ensure the long-term stability of the Penguins. Uh, it would be interesting to see how uh, the Red Sox now interact uh, with the Bruins. There's always been that pretty strong, you know, Boston bond where the teams are expressing their support for one another, uh, heading into big games or the playoffs, whatnot. So that might change could be a bit awkward but uh you know at the end of the day i think uh it's good for the penguins probably good business for fenway sports group it's not uh new for them to own a team out of market obviously they own liverpool fc 
which would be a much bigger investment. And um, yeah, big news there for sure. We'll see how that plays out in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, I mentioned Samuel Girard last week, I think, as a potential trade target. Pierre Lebrun reports the Avs aren't interested in shopping Girard. 23 years old, second season of a seven-year contract worth $5 million, which is great value. Uh, Lebrun suspects the Girard trade talk came about in relation to Jack Eichel. Uh, The Avalanche did inquire about Eichel, but doesn't look like the um, talks got very far. And obviously now he's a member of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Former Bruins assistant GM Jim Benning seems to be somewhat on the hot seat. He met with Vancouver Canucks owner Francesco Aquilini yesterday to discuss the team's poor start to the season. Doesn't seem to be any changes coming, at least not yet, per Darren Dreger of TSN. And um, yeah, I've said uh, long said that I'm uh, kind of relieved that the Canucks took uh, Benning off Boston's hands before Peter Chiarelli was canned and uh, before they could promote him to the general manager spot. I think Don Sweeney has done a much better job with um, with the Bruins than, than Benning has with uh, the Canucks. I believe that is it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. The Bruins scheduled this uh, practice here on Wednesday around 10 a.m., uh, tomorrow, going to have a very special guest on the podcast. Uh, I won't reveal who it is, but I will give a hint. It's someone that I did used to work with at The Score and who now has a pretty prominent uh, job in sports media, hockey media uh, specifically. Uh, very excited to bring you that conversation tomorrow. Uh, do have a movie recommendation. I know if you're a Marvel fan, you've probably seen Eternals already. Uh, I just saw it last night with my oldest son getting pretty panned by critics, but I thought it was great. Um, I really thought thematically it was one of the better Marvel movies, some uh, very cool themes, positive messages in there. I loved the inclusivity of the cast, and uh, I thought it was yeah very entertaining as well. The action scenes were pretty cool, some some laughs in there as well. Uh, so do check that out if you're hesitant based on the tomato rating. Speaking of Marvel, I might be going to a Marvel trivia night tonight. Haven't seen the, some of the movies in quite some time, but uh, that should be pretty fun. And uh, yeah, it's uh, just another week here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast without Bruins hockey. Thankfully, this is you know the last big break, I think, until the holidays, the Olympics. Olympics may be in uh, some doubt at the moment because of COVID cases around the NHL. We'll continue to monitor that. But uh, yeah, I hope you all have a great Wednesday, all downhill to the weekend from here. And uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Peace.